0: The theme for the afternoon talk with you is the power of calmness and the power of uh, insight and initially just to give a general uh, overview <coughs> of me and then we'll go into uh, a little bit more of the detail so there are an immense number and diversity of uh, meditation practices. Many uh, meditation practices in fact have a strong emphasis on the calmness element. The exploration and development of calmness through uh, meditation is probably its widest use. That would show itself in obvious examples of a mantra so in the two kinds of mantra essentially which are available uh, one kind is of the repetition of a uh, word usually of another language Sanskrit or whatever and that regularity, perhaps 20 minute periods longer or shorter in the repetition of it, it does genuinely contribute the vibration of the mantra, the quiet stating of the word inwardly sends, up, sends a beneficial response through the being and the outcome of that it contributes to more calmness. Uh, that calmness and, that, uh, calmness and uh, rela- relaxation is a healthy and very v- beneficial practice and obviously has a very very long history to it. There is also mantra used and mantra which has the devotional element in it as well a common example of this might be Hare Krishna, Hari Ram Hare Krishna, Hari Ram and so there is a devotion to God with the variety of names as in the Hindu tradition it's a reminder too of relationship to God presence of God uh, in one's life for those who uh, have a devotional nature and may well as quite often in that tradition, repeat the name of God uh, on the mala that 's the set of beads, and in for hundred and eight times, one hundred and eight is the number of uh, infinity in the uh, old uh, traditions of uh, in of India. Yeah. There are mantras as I'm sorry mindfulness practices, but in the calmness elements as uh, well sometimes through pranayama. Uh, practices mindfulness of breathing practices and much more there's important and valuable uh, exercises, methods and techniques to contribute to the relaxation of the whole being and this factor of uh, relaxation we should never underestimate the depth of significance of it so though we may arrive arrive here there may be, not for everybody, some areas of some tension and stress. And that's gradually accumulated there. It may be felt actually in specific areas and locations in the body. Those locations can and do vary uh, a great deal. It is important and valuable for us to be able to recognise and connect when there is some tension stresses in locations in the body what are those locations? It may, be, it may be that there is a certain vulnerability so for some it could be the shoulders obviously it could be some contractions in the chest it could be some anxieties felt as sensations or fears going on in the stomach it could be in the area of the knees and the ankles it can be in the hands, it literally can be anywhere. But sometimes there are pressures which are going on in our life. They are going on initially in the world of feeling and thought and states of mind. The feeling and thought and states of mind are unable to accommodate that. And that then expands itself into the intimacy of the relationship of heart, mind, feeling, thought to the body that then begins to have its influence upon the body It easily happens as well that with stress and tension the influence in this case on the body also may not be a big enough container for the amount of pressure or stress that a human being is experiencing when that happens it then expands into the field of time what's meant by that it begins to affect significantly in a negative, unhealthy and unhelpful way the way we look at the past so the pressures from the present with the stress and tension then spins over you can't contain it in the here and now so then the past is drawn in if it's not the past it also can be the future and the view of the future can be with fears, anxieties, worries, stress and much much uh, more an all too human situation and that pressure not only can be with the heart-mind not only with the body not only with the past and present but also and equally there with the arising of the self so there is the arising of I that is the arising of the self and when there is some pressure when when there is something unsatisfactory happening there easily can be, therefore, another reaction, and it's the reaction of the view about oneself: disappointment, feelings of failure, not being good enough, losing of some self-worth, uh, a sense of uh, <coughs> uh, calm and clarity begins <coughs> to calm and clarity begins to disappear, and the construct of the self, the I and the My that there is a reaction upon that as well. So mindfulness is certainly is a contribution to the relaxation and calmness of the being there. And the clarity, which is the vipassana aspect of this, the insight aspect of this, is to be very, very clear to see what is going on. With the mindful, sorry, with the uh, application of the exploration of the calmness of the being there, that the reconnection with it, the remembrance uh, of it, really, it is important that this is applied regularly. That means uh, daily in the daily life. It is not enough, and it never will be enough, to imagine that one can come on a retreat find some levels of calmness some relaxation, some harmony of body and mind and then leave the retreat and imagine that it will sustain itself um, simply on the credit or on the merit of having sat three or four days here this is called living in dreamland Uh, that the past will not be the resource for calmness of being in the future doesn't work like that and one has to if you could just close that door behind you if you don't mind Ula, the draft is uh, uh, there there's a slight environmental dilemma here mm-hmm. the warmth which is rather warm in the hall due to the good heating system that is there but then want the cold air you know, re- prefer we reduce the heating with more conservation and we can keep the closed door, but that's the point So in the uh, benefits of the conditions here I mean frankly it would be hard to to, uh, imagine except perhaps out in the nature such a support in the environment here for calmness A. You're not talking to each other That's a great big support to kick off with Uh, The food is just uh, delicious There is plenty There's the the fields and the greenery Which is uh, all around There's the Dharma There uh, The teachings are taking place There's the practices and the forms I mean, to be honest It's a picnic And therefore much of what is taking place here is not caused by being here I'm talking about stress tensions and pressure but humanly enough the old is then finding itself so to speak landing in the present what we're doing is dealing with what's been forgotten or neglected or hasn't had the opportunity for some people to arise in the present (coughs) <coughs> with the calmness uh, uh, of being as mentioned a moment or two ago one shouldn't underestimate the depths of what that means an aspect of that fairly kindergarten fairly preliminary is some sense of uh, well-being uh, of the integration of emotions, feeling, thought to Uh, and the body and that sense of being quite focused, well adjusted and no demands being made on the present nor any demands so to speak being made on oneself because of the past. That is a well integrated, harmonised human being. It is not to say that is a goal not to say that's the whole purpose there, this is also just a preparation and more importantly is that in those moments when we're feeling supportive and very safe environment around us we're experiencing some experience of being quite calm and content it can happen, it's one of the vulnerabilities with calmness that the self as it were brings in effort, oh I'm feeling so much more calm I've heard about these other deep experiences and there is a a phenomenal range of them, teachings address a reasonable number of of them and then what happens is with the intentionality and the motive there is that effort comes in, I want to go deeper, I want to experience more, I want to go deeper uh, into myself and so the self and the wanting wishes to go deeper and this self with the wanting then places the pressure on the consciousness on the inner experience and rather than going deeper it's the obstruction it blocks it and it's in the relaxation of the being Recognizing, as mentioned, what is—that means uh, some of the stresses and tensions that may be taking place for uh, a number. Reducing, (coughs) or being well, some of the intense, the stress of uh, all of that, allowing the being to settle in, and then it's organic. We—that's you and I—can do. We, the self, that means can do so much. Yes. We can make a contribution to reducing stress and tension. There, We can invite the <coughs> practices to give us support. We have the benefit of the authority, which is our first experience. We don't need science and neuroscience to confirm any of this. We've got our experience. It's the best authority available to a human being. And this exploration with the experience uh, there... It might, for some, have a sense that one can de- go deeper. One can. Very, very deep. And there is no bottom to this deep. It's infinite. It's not a restricted, limited, finite deep there. So, But then comes a certain kind of trust. And that trust in the calmness of the being is to allow and to be accessible and available to to letting things organically go their way. <coughs> so it's not a case of pushing harder, using a lot of willpower and effort. And it is unfortunate in some of these uh, meditation um, uh, circles, shall uh, we c- uh, call them, that one, he- one hears, I certainly hope you haven't heard them nor read of them. These kind of heroic, this is quote-unquote uh, heroic, I would say absurd but the others call it heroic. Um, uh, acts of the willpower and of some great yogi or Rinpoche or Ajahn or whoever it might be. What he, usually he or she, put themselves through and how they, with strong determination and work really hard and push themselves to other other uh, levels and people hear these stories they read these stories both uh, past and present and the mind being what it is then compares with oh my god I mean, what, what he did what she did what well, they uh, did these great quote unquote masters uh, there and then we compare ourselves One is hardly going to feel inspired in oneself My God, what I'm doing is pathetic Three and a half days uh, here or whatever, it might, and there Or whatever it might, might be Do not be impressed with these huge heroic stories Which have infiltrated into the Buddhist and other traditions of us Two thousand six hundred uh, uh, years this is an organic process it's not an outcome of the will and some people unfortunately in using the will have damaged their knees have created such tension and pressure it's generated psychological disorder and imbalance and have paid a very high price because they pushed too hard they sat too long quite out of touch with their experience to be mindful in these practices Mindful And as the Buddha says If you grab a snake by the tail You're in trouble <laughs> <laughs> In the mindfulness I'll switch to the insight in a moment or two area In the mindfulness of the, the Calmness of the breathing Just to repeat a little bit It does contribute to, to A quiet uh, deepening it also contributes as well to the uh, insights and understanding that come uh, the Buddha, to his everlasting uh, credit and for some of us the uh, the cream of the milk amongst the meditation teachers, um, realized the benefits of course, of mindfulness practices uh, and, uh, and specifically. Um, the calmness, uh, various practices, and made, has made reference to them. But the concern was, and it's such a valid concern. The con- concern was, yes, all of those practices really can genuinely be really, really helpful for a for a, a human, human being. There, but what is also need is needed is some real insight and real clarity intentionally about what is actually happening. One can do, if you take mantra, I've you know, spent 10 years in the East, I've so done plenty of varieties of mantra practices and to learn and understand uh, their benefits and their limits. And one can engage in these practices. It doesn't mean to say, as an example, that insight cannot come through, but it's so primary on the calming of the being. So primary on the devotional element uh, and other uh, uh, practices to uh, explore calmness. And the Buddha introduced something quite fresh for those of you who know the ancient text of putting a huge priority on vipassana. It's not a technique. It never has been a technique except in some of the Buddhist uh, traditions. It's never used uh, that way. It's used and uh, expressing itself in our meditations and in that expression of itself in two particular ways. The emphasis is on the clear comprehension of what is actually happening. Clear comprehension. You might look at your today so far. You might come to the end of a sitting meditation, a walking meditation. And then, because mindfulness includes the past as much as the present, as much as the future. So you might just turn your attention back to this sitting meditation, or to the walking meditation. What was the clarity, what was going on in this period? Was there calmness? Was there stress? Was, a, was there a story? What was I thinking about? To be <coughs> extremely clear. And that clara- clarity is a, uh, has a kind of support for it to contribute to some insight and understanding to come out of it. In your sitting meditations, as an example, you're sitting or walking, standing, whatever. Clearly, every action that we engage in in life clearly has a beginning, has a middle and has an end and in the beginning, middle and end of that action there is a human being with our intentionality to be mindful of when you walk in here, as an example, to sit and there's the beginning of the sitting how is the power of presence? are you connected with the breath? during the middle period uh, of it is the energy and interest sustaining itself in the latter period of it are you present, staying with it from moment to moment or uh, are you uh, waiting for either Ula and I to hit the gong so that hell can be over or whatever it might be and sometimes the waiting for it over can be quite a a pressure and it's not unusual even the most ardent dedicated committed atheist finds herself or himself praying to God for the end of the sitting period because the knees are so uncomfortable or the mind is so agitated or or whatever never um, imagine for a moment that God won't come into the mind when things are difficult I don't believe in God by the way just, uh, just using the G-O-D word uh, here not in the Middle Eastern sense of the meaning of the word so we have the opportunity and why is it important? because look at the number of events in your daily life important ones how's the beginning of your day when you arrive at work? what's the middle period of your day? what's the end of your working day like? When the end of your working day comes, is it finished and complete and you walk out and you're not carrying any pictures, any anxieties, any stories about the end of the working day? That's what we're talking about. When you're with your kids, those of you who uh, have kids, there. and there's the role called the mother, and it's called the, the, the father. As anybody knows who's a parent, it's no picnic being a parent. Uh, there anybody who 's not a parent sometimes get the idea it is a picnic, so and sometimes a mixture of the two. Just spend a little time with kids alone, and you 'll find out um, there 's a bit of the challenge of being a parent, <coughs> etc More importantly, the role of the parent is not continuous it 's a fiction. The role of the parent is when it's a right, when one is, has the child in front of you with you and when you or I were engaged on behalf of there are plenty of moments, plenty of times when the role of the parent is not actually functioning, it's not necessary many many situations are we mindful of that? are we relaxing of that? are we appreciative of that? are we missing the kids? or, or whatever so the beginning the start, the, the middle and the end and the Buddha with the wisdom put in much emphasis on being very very clear in this case about roles arising staying and passing and then re-arising staying and passing so very clear about being very aware our the middle period let's say you start a relationship what's the beginning like what's the middle like and it's a fair old bet. what's the end going to be like and the end could be lifelong more fewer and fewer of those around these days we, uh, as we all know. Um, or it could be that one person has decided she or he says thank you, goodbye, uh, enough that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence and I'm climbing over the fence. Uh, there, How is the calmness is there the insight? Is the clarity? Whoa! This is just one further expression of the beginning, middle, and end. It's, it's not. A, it's not an illusion. It's not a lie. It's not a fiction. This is life. And so, our practice of exploration, of change, of impermanence, of beginning, middles, and endings, is a really key feature beginning of the breath, the middle of the breath, the end of the breath, and much, much more. If we get the spirit and the exploration of this life, it would be extraordinarily beneficial for our day-to-day life. So one aspect of clear comprehension, as I mentioned just then, is one in which one is really interested in seeing as clearly as possible what is going on here. What do I need to see clearly with this story? Or with this daydream, or with this trauma, or with this projection into the future. Uh, uh, The other aspect of vipassana, of insight, clear comprehension is one. Another important and precious aspect to this is insight itself. The Pali word vipassana, a few of you will have heard uh, this word on the grapevine, that pasar is the contact and V means to double the contact means something is seen extra clearly you see it clearly but you see it extra clearly (coughs) and that seeing something (coughs) extra clearly really seeing it clearly these are rather precious informative uh, insightful moments for us and we need the capacity to recognise plenty of times skillful thoughts may come for sure you know I need to let go of this I really need to develop this to connect with this to start this (coughs) to sustain this to finish this the thought arises but it's got no power the idea is marvellous Wonderful potential and initiative And it might arise with uh, regularity I really would like to Whatever it might be Which could benefit uh, others Could benefit close ones Benefit oneself or or, All all of that And the thoughts are arising in the meditations During the day uh, They're really lovely, sweet, useless thoughts It gives a nice, to use that frequently used term, feel good factor. We heard this feel good factor. Yawn, yawn. Insight, it may come as the thought. Not that thought obstructs insight. Not not at all. The thought is one way that it can be the confirmation, the affirmation of the insight. But the confirmation. Or the affirmation, same thing, of the insight is that the insight brings about a change. The rest is fantasy. The rest is a good idea, and sometimes with the good idea it feels good, but nothing actually happens. And honestly, as like some of you, you work with people like Christopher and the Ula, you uh, connect with them, so some of you, uh, bless your hearts turn up on the retreat on a fairly regular basis and will say in this case myself, myself, will say Oh Christopher I really feel, I really need to I've been thinking about it really need to make a change in my life in some direction or other and occasionally my memory kicks in, not always, kicks in and I might say to a person didn't you say that to me last year? And the year before, and the year before? And, then, "Oh yeah. So when is it going to be a feel end, finish being a feel-good thought, a nice, interesting? And when is the transition going to take place when there is the power of insight? Which may manifest as a thought which gives the authority to take the leap into the unknown that you're talking about and our meditation is not to end thought it's not the teaching it's not to find no mind it's also not the teaching it's not to uh, uh, stop the mind or empty the mind or, or empty thought or whatever it's not in the teaching but it's to explore in such a way, in our relationship to events, that when we engage in the mindfulness and the meditations, yes, all be well. There would be some reduction in the level of the in the amount of thinking. Some reduction in the amount of thinking that is going on. If so, if you horizontal posture excuse me, sir, with the glasses lying on the back. Is to sit up rather than uh, the, the the dead have the privilege of the horizontal posture. If you've got back aches, health issues, you're absolutely welcome to lie to lie down. So sometimes in the exploration there, with the uh, thread of the uh, me- meditations and the mindfulness and the changes, that we re- really want to catch and see as well and as Uh, clearly as possible what the insight is and in the reduction of the thinking process not the ending, the reduction we need to remember that every thought without exception every thought is a kind of apart from anything else a unit of energy and if we are quietly which we are hopefully reducing the amount of thinking that's going on it will allow the opportunity for valuable or two kinds of thought, valuable thought, insightful thoughts to stand out. It stands out in the space. It's not just in a long stream of endless, pointless thinking. And their energy, with the reduction of thought, gives the opportunity for some valuable thought to really stand out, in this case as an insight and that energy and therefore the thought has an empowerment to it if it's really authentic there will be a response there will be an action the voice, if it's the voice, will be found if it's a creative idea it will take place if it's a radical change in one's life it will happen because the insight is so clear and in, with an authentic insight, frankly, there is no choice. As long as it's interesting, pleasurable, comfortable ideas, of course there's going to be choice. You can spend a lifetime on retreats. Oh, I might do this, but I might do that. What do you think, Christopher? No. And in that and the other is, if there is thought, and there may be, which is, shall we say, problematic, in which there is an issue, which perhaps you notice yourself thinking a lot about. Too much thinking about is called obsessive. Obsessive thinking. Just too, too much. Too much. If we are in engaged the, in the practice of mindfulness, meditation, calmness of the being, reduction of the, the thought, those unsatisfactory, unhealthy thoughts we obsess about, we preoccupy, <coughs> pardon me, we, they, those kind of thoughts will <coughs> pardon me, also stand out much more clearly. Because they're not lost in the milieu of thoughts. Circulating around and around and around In which the nice good thoughts And the unsatisfactory and unhealthy thoughts Are all mixed in with lots of other kinds of thinking So the encouragement As you probably pick up with the talk Is in the exploration of this Calmness of being, yes Clarity of what is actually happening Uh, yes, some gosh I'm just warming up it's half past four some uh, calmness of the being uh, yes, some clarity with what's going yes, and knowing without all the willpower knowing that in that there is a receptivity in which, to quote the Buddha here, one finds oneself sometimes getting more clear about two kinds of thought one kind of thought that which is healthy, insightful beneficial, worth seeing, worth reflecting uh, upon as a real contribution to change and we'll be very very clear about those kind of thoughts which can have unhealthy intentions in them can be feeding addictions, uh, reactivity, negativity, positivity, uh, thoughts about oneself which are reactive etc. So where there is some space in the being in relationship to thought those two kinds of thoughts will begin to stand out much more clearly because they're not lost in millions of thoughts And when it's the unhealthy ones, the problematic ones which will be extremely familiar to you they never knew, it's all in the old the clarity then is, okay, what am I going to do about this? What is it that I need to understand here? Do I need to share this with the other? In this case here, the meditation teachers. Uh, What would be a different view or attitude with regard to these kinds of thoughts so there is no ignoring of them there is really a recognition honestly and truly this is what is happening in these unhealthy thoughts and parallel and importantly as well this relationship to thought which is valid sometimes it comes as a single sentence a kind of the word and to use the Christian mystics it's surely true if you like the religious language i rather like it the word is with God and it can be that in the depth of the being and in the real variety of experiences <coughs> which are accessible and are available sometimes for those of you who don't like the word God and then in one ear and out the other but for those of us who rather like the regular use of the word and the Buddha used it very regularly by the way Brahma means God sometimes God speaks to us we just got to make sure we're listening and if you're really uncomfortable with uh, G.O.D and they prefer reference to D-O-G dog then fine as well so sometimes out of the depth of the being dropping in the word God is the same thing out of the depth of the, the being something touches us and it can genuinely in precious and in liberating ways actually uh, change our life and it's worth the mindfulness and the meditations, the reflections, the practices, uh, the the variety of aches in the shoulder, stresses, knee pains and the mantra common in the meditation hall: oh, what am I doing here? Often far more successful than Hare Krishna, Hare Ram. So uh, sometimes we watch these mantras in our own mind arise and pass and and come and go wherever you have a sense whoa can be more receptive to something uh, other and for that every moment on the meditation cushion every mindful step walking up and down on this earth in this very short life uh, that we have uh, on this earth and if we can keep steady with uh, all of this no matter what information comes to us about anything And sometimes it's difficult and painful. We can find ways to live one day at a at a time. And as the Buddha commented, better to live one day a mindful, clear, receptive life than to live a hundred years and sleepwalk through it. Let's have our quiet minute together, shall we please? Thank you. May all beings May all beings explore the power of calmness. May all beings explore the power of clear comprehension and insight. May all beings be receptive to what is profound.